Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, October 19, 2018. And on this report, I will be talking about the rise to greatness of Western civilization along with the rise of the American ideal and their fall from greatness. The decline of the West and especially America is on the minds of a lot of people today, but what about their origins and their rise to greatness? Ayn Rand once said, East minus West equals zero. That might be a slight exaggeration, but it is essentially correct if you look at what other civilizations have contributed to human society over the centuries, you will find that it's not very much. Even the contributions that other civilizations have made either find their origins in the West or they are in effort to imitate Western success. Western civilization has dominated many centuries, but today we look at why that is the case. Western civilization had its origins in ancient Greece, but it is not Greek or Roman. It began to develop in earnest about 500 A.D. out of the chaos of the collapse of Rome. It remains unique among the world's civilizations because it put the individual rather than the collective in the central position. That statement answers the question of why the West has been so dominant. The individual was unique in that he was created in the very image of God. The individual bore the image of God within him, and therefore he had rights that had to be respected because those rights came from God, not government. It took a while for those rights to achieve that respect, of course. But in 1215, the Magna Carta enshrined the rights of Englishmen in the great contract with the crown. It made the king himself subject to the rule of law, just like the average person. The American Constitution, ratified after the Revolution, separated America from England and also made it clear that the rights of the individual could not lawfully be violated by the collective majority, even by majority vote. Western civilization, I argue now, was an attempt to spread the Christian gospel to the world, as evidenced by the writings of Christopher Columbus from his voyage to the New World, as well as many others. However, it enshrined logic and rational thought as opposed to mysticism and superstition as the correct way to deal with the world because of this enshrinement of logic and rational thought, we have science, technology, great literature, great art, capitalism, and personal freedom, progress, and a whole lot more. I was in Los Angeles last week visiting my daughter, and she took me to the Getty Museum. We reviewed art from some of the great masters of Western civilization, such as Monet and Van Gogh. It was there that I started to form this castle report in my mind. I've had the good fortune to travel the great capitals of the world in my 70 years, and in those travels I've seen its art, read its literature, and listened to its music, most of it inspired, at least in its inception, by a belief in the Christian God. In the early days of the American Republic, the colonies were made up largely of independent-minded, self-reliant people who had a strong work ethic. These qualities were necessary for people to leave their lives in England or Northern Europe and travel across the ocean to an unknown wilderness. They had the courage, imagination, and desire to create their own destiny. 
These were traits the other residents of Europe did not possess, and that is also part of what made America unique when Great Britain tried to impose more control over them by use of the British Army and by increased taxation. To pay for that army, the colonials rose in rebellion. First of all, the American idea was freedom. They didn't want government entitlements. Our government funded this and that, extracted from the people against their will or promises of government jobs. They understood that self-reliance was one of the prizes of freedom. So what went wrong that caused history's greatest civilization to go off the rails, the collapse started with the outbreak of World War I in 1914, although termites such as the writings of Karl Marx had been eating away at the foundation for a few years. That was also the time of the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913. Before that, the U.S. used gold for money, and the dollar bill was simply a bank receipt. For one-twentieth of an ounce of gold, the income tax enacted that same year gave even more power to the state. Those events coming together at once put the state at the center of everything, no longer the individual, but the state was now enshrined. These things happening together also eroded the rule of law and morality in general in the United States. People have come to believe that the Federal Reserve and the income tax are unchangeable, unbreakable fixtures, but they are in every way enemies of the common man and have led us down the path to destruction, they are the main reasons why the American standard of living has been dropping for about 40 years. All the world's governments share a common philosophy. That philosophy ignores the foundational principles of Western civilization, including the principle that people and nations become wealthy by producing more than they consume and saving the difference. Governments think that by inflating the currency, they can create prosperity but that philosophy is destructive of civilization. The problem now is that Western civilization has gone so far off the rails that hardly anyone can even recognize it anymore, let alone care whether it survives or not. For example, Western civilization and the American system of law and justice require certain things. When an individual is accused of wrongdoing, number one, accusations depend on evidence, not identity politics, and the race, gender, etc., of the accuser. Number two, no one, regardless of identity, has a right to be believed despite a lack of any evidence except the accusation. Number three, the burden of proof is not with the accused. That means innocent until proven guilty. Number four, truth is not determined by access to power or to the media, but by investigation and inquiry. We can't allow our civilization in our culture to be so debased that it, no longer it is no longer recognizable so that people are no longer surprised when basic individual rights are trampled. People become immune to the abuses and accept them as the new normal. Let me quote now from an article entitled Epitaph for a Dying Culture by Victor Davis Hanson. Quote, so history has become melodrama, not tragedy. Figures of the past who were human and not perfect, and who prove, according to today's value systems, not good progressives, are thus deserving of historical annihilation. In quote, Mr. Hansen further points out that the affluence and luxury of the present creates the pampered intellectual indulgence that we see 
but those of the past accomplished things our present generation lacks the courage and resilience to do. Whether navigating the Atlantic in a leaky boat without accurate navigation, homesteading on the prairie in an age without machines or modern medicine, or flying a B-17 without fighter escort over 1943 Germany, Mr. Hansen believes we're headed into a dark place, in fact, a new dark age. Where can we look then for relief, for help to save our civilization? To the universities where the brightest reside? No, the universities are already in a dark age where identity politics deny due process, free speech, and the universities has vanished under a cloud of hate speech or hurtful speech. Diversity of appearance is required, but no diversity of thought is allowed. Censorship is allowed, often justified by what have come to be known as trigger warnings. What about the media then? Surely the media as the watchdog of government can help us? No. No, the media has become nothing more than a tool for the 1%. News is simply invented to advance the progressive cause of identity politics. What about new technologies such as social media and the internet? The masters of the universe who run these technologies have by their own admission complete control of communications. Google recently issued a 75-page report in which it admitted controlling virtually all internet traffic and also defended its right to act. As the good censor of that traffic, Google believes that it has the legitimate right to decide what you can freely say and what you can't freely say. Google denies the sanctity of free speech and says that free speech gave us the election of Donald Trump, so from now on, Google will decide if speech is free or not. It's all done for the collective good, of course. This ends. The ends justify the means so that it is not important now. How vast wealth is acquired as long as it is used to further the prevailing progressive agenda. If not, then riches are proof of greed and probably criminal activity in their acquisition. Where then are the escape routes from this new dark age, professional sports? No, no, that's involved into just another method of promoting progressive social justice as seen through the eyes of multi-millionaire players, Hollywood perhaps. No, Hollywood has run out of creative ideas and is just another propaganda venue constantly screaming its progressive lines at us all comedy. Just more and more progressive civilization destroying themes, language, corrupted. It changes almost daily so that words mean they're opposites now, but those of us who live in the real world see these things and react to all this differently. We no longer watch the Emmys, the Grammys, or Oscars, or any sort of award show. We don't go to movies or even watch them on television or on our computers. We can no longer listen to popular music since it is also just another cesspool. We keep our thoughts to ourselves, especially at work, lest we run afoul of some unwritten rule or be fired or sued or ruined for some perceived act, Mr. Hansen pointed out that to find escape, we withdrew into a physical or a mental monastery in order to have some refuge from the constant sermonizing, worry over thought crimes, lectures about perceived shortcomings. Finally, folks, finally, that's where I find myself, in a mental monastery. In that monastery, I find my refuge. But it's lonely in here, very lonely. Welcome to the new 
dark ages. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening. <laughs>